Hey, it's Chris Porter from Last Comic Standing. Uh, you know, the season from 1957. Uh, you listen to PF's tape recorder. Dig it. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, I get to engage in one of my favorite pastimes, gushing about Canada to a Canadian, this time comedian John Doerr. PF, do you work part-time for Ottawa Tourism? You're doing a great job. John will also talk about his work on Canadian Idol, his non-relationship to comedian Jimmy Doerr, who's also a friend of his, and that hilarious bit that John Doerr did with Rory Scoville on the Conan O'Brien show. Also coming up, Bad Reality TV. It's True TV's Lizard Lick Towing. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Robert Downey Jr.'s wife Susan delivered a son this week. The new father says he is exhausted taking care of his newborn son, and at night, he just can't wait to climb into his neighbor's bed. Mary's sex may get a bad rap in pop culture as being non-existent, but it's alive in bedrooms across the USA finds a nationally representative survey of married women released this week. Of the 1,000 wives ages 18 to 49 surveyed last month, 75% said a good sex life with their spouse is very or extremely important. 16% say somewhat important. A related study shows that TV in the bedroom means it is 80% less likely that intimacy will take place. My wife opted for the 32-inch HD TV with surround sound and built-in DVD player. Danica Patrick's husband said this week that his wife and Denver Broncos quarterback Tim Tebow have something in common. Turns out when folks see either one of them in person, they say, Jesus Christ, but for very different reasons. See, she, she's very pretty, you see. National Geographic Channel's new reality show, Doomsday Preppers, profiles Americans who have taken extreme measures to plan for a forthcoming apocalypse, whether a natural disaster, nuclear war, or economic crisis. The show premieres this week with back-to-back -back episodes on the National Geographic Channel. The channel commissioned an online survey of 1,100 adults in the USA and found that 61% of Americans who leave the country will experience a major catastrophic event within the next 20 years, but only 15% feel they are prepared for it. Half believe the disaster will be Barack Obama, the other half, Mitt Romney. With the unemployment rate at its lowest level in two years, surrogates for President Obama and Mitt Romney are debating the significance of the drop in the jobless rate. Two days after the Labor Department reported the economy had added 243,000 jobs and the unemployment rate dropped to 8.3%, former Obama economic advisor Lawrence Summers argued that beneath the surface of the latest jobs report were several signs that the economy is on the right road. Romney economic advisor Glenn Hubbard argued the improved employment data were driven largely by a drop in the number of people who are looking for jobs, while the rate of unemployment remains high. He said that Obama's policies and regulations are standing in the way of a more significant turnaround. Romney says new policies are needed so businesses can hire people and venture capitalists like himself can then lay them off. The White House this week denied any involvement in Chrysler's halftime in America advertising campaign unveiled by Clint Eastwood during uh, last Sunday's Super Bowl. But that doesn't mean President Obama's advisors weren't happy about it. The ad hyped the auto industry's comeback in sweeping patriotic terms. That's what the Obama administration has done since government loans and forced restructuring helped Chrysler and General Motors recover from the recession. Indeed, many credit Obama with GM's surpassing Toyota and reclaiming the title of world's biggest automaker. Others give credit to some guy named Tsunami. Didn't think I had it in me, did you? 
In the wake of a controversy over the new health care bill's requirements that religious organizations provide health care that includes contraception, a new poll shows that Catholic women say they want birth control covered in employee health plans. 58% of all Catholics agree employers should be required to provide their employees with health care plans that cover contraception. The remaining 42% say that Catholics should stick with the only method that doesn't conflict with their beliefs, pull and pray. And that's been Fake News with me. So I took my wife to the local casino on the big game Sunday, uh, where ironically I couldn't bet on the big game, and we stopped at this little restaurant that we like. It's a few blocks away from the casino, and uh, first of all, let me tell you, they have the best Mexican. His name is Pedro, and he's so nice. No, I'm kidding. It's, um, uh, that's kind of a reworking of another joke I do in my uh, stand-up a bit. Kind of the, the fun times you're in store for if you go see me do open mic. Uh, anyway, actually, the place is called Acapulco in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. It actually is very good. Huge drinks. Huge, tasty drinks. Good, uh, good food and uh, just good times. Anyway, we're sitting there at the bar, and uh, thankfully they don't have any of that pre-game rubbish on because I don't care about any of that stuff. I just, want, I just care about the actual game, which isn't going to start for a couple hours. And instead they have True TV blurring. True TV, of course, shows all those uh, great reality shows, and uh, there's one on that's called Lizard Lick Towing. Now, I don't have cable, so this is kind of a treat. Uh, I'd never heard of this show. Apparently it's semi-popular, and just basically what it is is uh, this guy down in North Carolina runs a towing business. Uh, his wife works with him. His buddy works with him. And they have oh, all kinds of misadventures repossessing people's uh, vehicles, which is one of the main things that they do. Okay, so uh, while I was looking for clips to play for you in this bit, I ran across a guy on YouTube that's very upset about the fact uh, that the show is um, okay. Mm, kind of fake, maybe. It's uh, or maybe it's a fictionalized account of things that happen. But this guy on YouTube, he's really upset uh, about the fact that it's that it's fake. And uh, I was wondering how he took that WWE announcement a few years back. <laughs> like, wrestling's fake? <laughs> well, the problem with Lizard Lick is it's kind of bad fake. You could, it's kind of easy to see through. They didn't even really try to make it not fake. Uh, for example, in one storyline. Uh, they repossess a van, and this van is being used by a guy to install cable TV. Well, he doesn't own the van. The guy that uh, does, his boss, is behind on the payments, so it gets repoed. Well, they go to repo it while he's on a job installing some guy's cable, and this doesn't sit well with the guy who is getting the cable installed. And he tells the repo guy, uh, Ron, the guy that runs Lizard Lick, hey, at least let him finish installing my cable. No dice. Ron hooks it up and uh, drags it out of there. Uh, there's a little fist of cuffs, and then uh, later... The guy that was supposed to get cable and the guy, the installer, turn up at the Lizard Lick offices while just Ron's wife is there, and they demand that uh, the installer get his truck back so he can at least finish the job. Uh, no dice. So, while no one's looking, the jilted cable customer takes matters into his own hands. And when Ron gets back to the shop, uh, he's in for kind of a surprise. I've never walked into office with food in my hand and not have my dog Repo coming out faster than the speed of light. Where's my dog? Uh, you guessed it. There's been some kind of a dog napping. They uh, bring up the CCTV and uh, are in for a bit of a surprise. Where's Repo? He's right there. Oh, there's Repo. He's at the door. He's he wants to go in. Look, Bo, it's those guys. The one we just finished repoing the van from. He's what playing he doing, with him. Dude, he just picked up my dog. Back whoa, up, whoa, up, he's putting up. my dog in the car. I'm going to this guy's house right now. That dude took my dog. That's right. They took his dog. No, actually, he's a very, uh, a very kind of a charming guy. Nice, nice big southern fella, and very likable. Probably why the show is so successful, despite the uh, the chicanery that's going on. So anyway, 
Uh, Ron goes back to the guy's house, nay trailer, uh, seriously, and while his buddy uh, is talking to the guy that dognapped the dog uh, and talking to the couple at the front door, Ron sneaks around back, and the punchline of the bit here is that, of course, Ron opens the back door, he calls for Repo, his dog, gets his dog, and foils the potential cable customer. Now, I'm wondering if that, when they went to get this guy's release signed, because he's got to sign a release to be on TV, uh, if he said, well, I'll sign the release if you make sure I get my cable. And uh, because otherwise, you know, he's going to sign a release to be on TV, but he'll never be able to see himself because he doesn't have cable. So kind of an O. Henry-esque type of ending, isn't it? Okay, well, there's another, uh, I guess, storyline we got to see before we uh, headed off to the casino. Uh, Ron and his buddy head out to another trailer, yes, and uh, are hooking up this guy's uh, pickup truck. And uh, as they're doing it, I guess the guy, the, the guy's name is Crazy Walt, apparently. You'll see why, or hear why. And uh, the guy, I guess the guy's son and maybe daughter-in-law or daughter come out, and they go, oh, you don't know who you're messing with, and, uh, well, this happens. He's got a gun, Bobby! Bobby! Oh, 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 Bobby! I'm leaving right now! Die, shoot yeah, Crazy Walt opens fire. And uh, afterwards, I'm wondering, and again, you know, if you're going to be on TV, they have to get a release because in another part of the show, they show uh, Ron's wife, Amy, coming out of a Walmart and talking to him on a cell phone. Well, all the people she's walking past in the parking lot have to be pixelated out because they're not going to bother getting uh, a release from those folks. But Crazy Walt and his family, of course, are, are there in full view. And uh, it got me to wondering, I wonder who the poor sap is that had to go back out to the trailer and get that release signed. Okay, rock, paper, scissors. Oh, man. Haha, <laughs> dude, you gotta go get the release sign. Hey, okay. What do you want? Hi, Mr. Crazy Walt. You can't have my truck. Now scat before I shoot you. Oh, I'm not, I'm not here for your truck. Um, well, we filmed how you bravely fought off that evil Repo Man, and we just need your signature so we can show it on TV. On TV? Me? That's right. Give me the paper. That's a lovely X, Mr. Crazy Walt. Well, thank you very indeed. I'm gonna be on TV! Woohoo! <laughs> oh, sorry about that, young lady. That's okay, you just winged me. John Doerr is recognized by Canadian audiences as the host of the John Doerr TV show, which ran on the Comedy Channel up there for two years. He was also a correspondent on Canadian Idol, and he's going to talk about all of those things live, well, sort of recorded from his boyhood home in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Here's our interview with John Doerr. All right, joining us on PF Tape Recorder, it is comedian John Doerr. John, how you doing? I'm good. Cool. Uh, John Doerr from the country of Canada, me a huge canophile. Um, is that so? It is very, and it always uh, surprises Canadians when I tell them that. They're like, really? Why? <laughs> it, uh, some of them do say that. They say, why? Okay. I, I guess, yeah, I'm curious. I'd like to also say that. Why? Uh, I grew up in Cleveland across the uh, lake from Canada, so I'd always pick up a lot of Canadian TV. And back in the oh. days, we could only get a couple of channels. It was very exciting to see you pick up Channel 10 from London, Ontario, and, and see, you know, uh, a lot of... There was some American programming back then, but there was a lot of Canadian uh, content back then, and I, I don't know. 
became a fan of the country. We vacationed up there a lot, and I thought, wow, this is like America, except it's clean. <laughs> that's, that's very interesting and kind of you to say. So you picked up London, like local London. Yeah, CFPL. Uh, affiliate. And then I don't later, know what that would have been. I was Because I was picking up um, the Amer. What were we getting? We were getting Rochester okay. news. That would be our exciting glimpse into local Rochester news. Okay. That would be the affiliate. So we got to know Gabe Dalmuth. I don't know if you know Gabe Dalmuth. He was the anchor for the Rochester Evening News. Uh, no, I remember watching um, Beachcombers, though, on CBC. And there you go. Oh, my that? God. Yeah, Head- you are honorary. Headline, you know we've endured. Headline Challenge. I remember watching that. Um, and there was a show that was uh, from Toronto, another game show, uh, with a bunch of celebrities I'd never heard of. I thought it was the coolest thing. It was kind of like a password kind of game. I remember watching that uh, when I was home sick from school one day because the signal was particularly strong that day. But yeah, and so much so, uh, a can of file, that I'm also a fan of the Canadian Football League, and I've yet to meet any other Canadian that's a fan of the Canadian Football League. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find a diehard. I used to, I mean, I used to have season's tickets to the Ottawa Rough Riders. My dad and I would go. Oh, there you go. And that was the year when Ottawa, I think they went 1-17. and 17. Huh. Um, and yeah, they were just brutal but endlessly hilarious games to go and watch. So I saw one interesting. game. I saw one game with a buddy of mine up in Hamilton. We watched Hamilton play Toronto, and uh, but what a what a great atmosphere because the Hamilton fans hated Toronto. <laughs> yeah, and understandably so. They're in the shadow of Toronto, so yeah, hated them. And, it, and later on, I told that story to some uh, guys I met at the Cincinnati airport who were from Canada. And they were from Toronto, and they said, oh, you mean I never win stadium? Which I thought was just brilliant. <laughs> the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I ever win, never win. Yeah, yeah there how, you go. How clever. See, it's, it's just naturally, is it, is it something in, in the water up there that produces so much comedy? Well, that's a good question. I have no idea. I'd have to disagree. I think there's just funny people all over the world. Um, I don't know. I, like I it, think it's just, yeah, there, there are Canadians who are so close to that American border and we potentially see opportunity elsewhere and it's easier to get to, so perhaps that's it. I have no idea. Yeah, it just seems to be a disproportionate amount, I guess, if, if you do it like a, like a per capita basis, it seems, you know, a lot of funny folks come from Canada as opposed to, like, you know, various individual parts of the U.S., you know, I'd, I've always found that interesting. It'd be interesting. I'd like to see a genuine study. That's what I'd like to do, uh, and see if it's worth chatting about at all. But yeah, it is. It is somewhat interesting. I mean, there's definitely, you know, Second City, and there's a chain of comedy clubs in Canada, and uh, probably more comedy clubs than are necessary considering the population. So who knows? Who knows? Now you're from Ottawa, as you said. Um, did you go into stand-up, or were you more of a, a sketch guy that went into stand-up? Because I know some people up there go that route. They do. They start the sketch, but then they wind up in stand-up. Well, let me start by saying this. I am from Ottawa, and I am calling from Ottawa. Ottawa. I am back home at the house I grew up in as a child. Oh, beauty. Yep, beauty, <laughs> A. Way to go. And, uh, no, I started doing stand-up. I mean, well, to be perfectly honest, I started studying TV broadcasting at Algonquin College here in Canada. And fell in love with it completely. It was the first thing that I had ever studied that I loved um, from uh, every course, too. I mean, there wasn't anything I disliked about it. And I truly fell in love with the idea of wanting to be in television. So for the first time in my life, I felt like, here's something I want to do. And I don't know if it gave me a lot of confidence, but there was a lot of kind of... uh, The group of guys I was with in that program were very, you know, uh, comedy-oriented. And so... 
we would try and uh, apply whatever silly idea we were thinking about to our projects there at school. And as a natural offshoot, a comedy club opened up in my neighborhood uh, that I was living in at the time. And, uh, yeah, I just kept going in inquiring about open mic nights and uh, eventually popped up on stage. So, yeah, I think it was TV broadcasting kind of inspired me to do something creative and then eventually just hopped up on stage, and it was terrible. So uh, how long before you got better, though? Did you quickly realize, you know, which direction you wanted to go, or is it a matter of practice, practice, or... You learn from your mistakes, or how did that go? I think, yeah, I mean, I think at that age, I mean, I couldn't, I, I couldn't think logically about it. All I knew is that I, I liked it and wanted to continue doing it. Um, getting better—that's a great question. I mean, I think that's still happening to this day. Um, but I guess it wasn't until about five or six years later from originally starting it uh, when I moved to Toronto, I really started to you know be a, a little bit more selfish performer, performing the way. I wanted to, what made me laugh, as opposed to pleasing the audience, so. So how did that lead to the gig at C, or uh, it was con- uh, the comedy channel up there, right? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. Are you talking about the TV show that yeah. we made? Or? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I had done a show, it had nothing to do with comedy, but I mean, at the time, I was now, you know, performing improv and dinner, murder mystery dinner theaters, which I loved doing, and, you know, I was doing as much stand-up as I could, but there was just, you know, not enough money in stand-up, um at that point. So I did take a bunch of different jobs and then eventually, you know, got into a little bit of acting, got a demo reel together and uh, did a show up in Canada called Canadian Idol that I was involved in. And oh, that's right. Yeah. Through that, the best thing that kind of came of that was I, you know, got a strong relationship with the production company and the network. And the production company uh, decided, let's get your own show going. I mean, what's, what idea do you want to do? Want to do? So I generated an idea with a, uh, with a friend, and the two of us pitched the show, and then ultimately Comedy Network picked it up as a pilot. Uh, but a year after that, we restructured the show, and then they picked it up as a series, and then we got away with murder for two years. Hmm. And so um, were you like uh, the Ryan Seacrest uh, portion of Canadian Idol, or what was your... I wish. <laughs> no, I was... Uh, the host of the show was Ben Mulrooney. Now, as a Canada file, maybe you know Brian Mulrooney. Yes, there you go. Well, his son, Ben Mulrooney, so son of the uh, former Prime Minister of Canada, Ben Mulrooney, became the host of the show. And they were looking for a sidekick slash, you know, comedic correspondent who could okay. go out and do stories with the kids. And so, yeah, we tried to make a family-friendly primetime television show funny by adding these little stories. And uh, sometimes they were, sometimes they definitely were not. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I did. So has anyone from Canadian Idol gone on to, like, have a big uh, recording career in Canada? Because uh, I know there have been a lot of, musically, of course, not just comedy, but a lot of, uh, we've gotten a lot of great artists out of Canada over the years. Well, I'd say the, the one that you may know, uh, but the, the one who definitely has the most success from the show is a guy named Jacob Hogart. He started a, a band called Headley. And so you may or may not know Headley. They've definitely kind of broken into the States a little bit, but they're very big here. And uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe them, kind of like pop, punk, ballad. They have uh, a diverse um, musical library, but really, really talented, great guys. So, yeah, those would be the most successful. So uh, how did you wind up in Los Angeles? When did you finally decide to kind of take your talents to the States, take them south of the border, as I guess they 
LeBron would say. As LeBron would say. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I wanted to leave the Cavaliers up here and <laughs> head down to Los Angeles, I suppose, about four years ago. Um, the TV show that I had been going down to Los Angeles when they were deciding whether or not they're going to renew our show for a third season. Uh, knowing the economy had hit everything hard, and it didn't look like they were picking up a lot of programs that had previously existed. So I went down to Los Angeles, just kind of looked around, and then we got word that uh, they weren't going to pick it up. So that was about four years ago, and I decided, uh, that's it. Let's get an apartment here. And uh, I already had my working visa, and let's uh, make a go of it down here. The weather's beautiful. Margaritas are fresh. It's good. <laughs> There you so go. that was about four years ago, yeah, when the show was canceled. That's when we decided to move down. And uh, you go back to Canada often, though, I take it, because we're speaking... Um, I don't go back too often, believe oh. it or not. I mean, I come back for work, um, and so that kind of keeps me busy. But, yeah, I'll come back for comedy club work, but I'm usually just up for the weekend and then back down to L.A. So. Well, uh, your hometown, I think, is one of the most underrated cities uh, on the continent. It's a lovely city. I haven't been there in ages, but when I was there, it's... Uh, a lot of cool old architecture, especially Parliament and uh, all the government buildings and so forth. It's a, it's a really neat little city. P.F., do you work part-time for OttawaTourism.org? I, I should. because You should. You're doing a great job. Because it's yours to discover. As I, I saw that jingle in my head from when I was 11 <laughs> years old. And I'm glad That's they right. changed it back. It used to be called, it, it, was, uh, it was Ontario Keep It Beautiful for a while. Then they went back mm -hmm. to yours to discover, which it is to this day. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, you now, know too much. I'm very, I'm flattered and interested and curious, and now suspicious of you for yeah. some reason. <laughs> and, and right, but yeah, so. yours, yours to discover would be the Ontario. Yes, uh, yeah, That's team, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, I was again when I was in the airport. I used to work at the Cincinnati airport, and uh, some fellows were talking, and I, I knew they were Canadian, and I, I said, "Are are you hosers?" And they got a little upset with me. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no you don't understand. Really? You did, I say that with the utmost reverence and respect. I, I yeah. totally love no, your that country. Is high, that is high praise to me. It is, Anytime yeah, yeah. someone makes that kind of reference. I mean, yeah. any kind of Bob and Doug McKenzie reference, I'm just I'm oh, yeah. forever in love with whoever mentioned it. Absolutely. And unfortunately, my TV production uh, instructor in high school described that album, of course, as just two guys getting drunker and drunker, uh, which I guess is correct, but it's still hilarious for some reason. On paper, it's a horrible idea, but... An execution. It's, it's genius. Yeah, it's, it's clearly two idiots wasting their time that don't deserve an album doing yeah. an album. <laughs> there you go. And, and how great was, yeah, I mean, uh, I think one of the tracks was, uh, You Are Our Guest. Yeah, <laughs> that's and right. And you could read along in the uh, the liner notes. the liner notes, notes. Uh, yes, you could answer the questions. <laughs> and, be, and be the guest and find out why he walked out. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, Brilliant. So you're you're making a name for yourself in the states here. Been on uh, No Relation, Jimmy Doris podcast. Yes, relation though. Jimmy is a cousin of mine. Huh. Now that is that Unless is you listen to the whole podcast. That is, in, does that it is incorrect. That, we're not? that is incorrect information. Yes, we'll link to that episode. You've actually been on two episodes recently of uh, like within the last couple months, right? Is that correct? Um, I know of Jimmy Doris podcast. Yes, or? comedy and everything no, else. No, I think I only ever did that one podcast. Yeah, okay, just the one. Okay, I thought I hmm, he must have repeated it then. He does that sometimes when he gets lazy. But um Yeah. The, I know I've only done it once, yeah. Okay, um and there's of course there's that famous bit people might know you from that's been circulating on the internet uh, a little bit of you and Rory Scoville, I believe it is on Conan. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, that was uh that's some funny stuff. Now, that's Rory asked you to do that and he's done it before with other guys, but um how did that come about? Am no, I, I, I've done it with other guys. Oh, okay. Then, you, you, uh, it's your bit. Okay. 
Yeah, and then Rory is uh, yeah a close and lovely friend of mine, and uh, we just work so well together. And so, uh, yeah, clearly when J- JP, the booker for uh, for Conan, had seen us do it at uh, a variety of festivals over the years, and um, we we would have loved to do it on the Conan show. And so eventually he said, you know what, I think we're ready. Let's give it a try. And it was pretty much as simple as that. I mean, yeah, we we went out and we did it. It was tons of fun. Yeah. And uh, it, it fooled quite a bit of people, which, you know, I'm a pretty dim bulb, you know, when it comes to catching on and things like that immediately. You know, I can be duped pretty easily. But I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is great. But then I guess people really did take it seriously and ask you why you got booked at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, that that was uh yeah, that was a little strange. I didn't run into too many of those people, but uh Rory Rory told me. He oh, okay. Had. But yeah, I found that a little bit strange. I mean, maybe Conan sold it a little too well off the top, I'm not sure. He did do a good job. Yeah, it was very convincing cuz you know, it didn't seem stickish. You know. Yeah, yeah okay. because if 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 that's the case then fine, but I mean, yeah. I mean who in their right mind would think that two performers <laughs> Performing simultaneously, completely separate sets. Yeah. Uh, with no possible way of fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When we've done it live before, we've done encores that go on forever. <laughs> wow. We're, we're, that would we're just playing be so musical hard. instruments, and that even gets more distracting. But was, yeah, yeah, it well, really is a really say, fun thing to do, and people seem to have uh, liked it. So that, that's great. It's almost like you know, if you went up with a guitar and he went up, with, and you guys played two completely different songs. You know, like one of you played Surfing USA, and the other one played Purple Haze or something. I would, how would you not get? We confused? did it as a ballad. Yeah, Re- Reggie Watts came on and improvised some sort of. Uh, I think it was reggae. I can't remember. And I sang uh, Brian, Heaven, Brian Adams' Heaven, and it was <laughs> hard to uh, to sing a ballad while all you hear in the background is, boy, oh. <laughs> So, yeah, but uh, nevertheless, a challenge and always fun to do. Cool. Well, uh, it sounds like things are going well for you, sir, and uh, folks will be able to catch you here in Cincinnati next week. And, of course, we'll have all the appropriate links on the Podbean page. This should drop on Sunday, or maybe I'm a little ahead of schedule, so maybe I may get it out by Saturday. And then the print piece will be out uh, probably online Monday and in print next Wednesday, before right before you arrive in town. That sounds great. All right, cool. Well, th- How did you get hooked up with uh, with um, the uh, the comedy store, the, um, the Go Bananas? Uh, I do open mics there sometimes. Oh, great. You're a comic as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm not allowed to do it again, though, until I find a permanent full-time job, my wife says. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't done it in a while. But um, I still interview all the comics that come through and uh, you know, do the podcast and all that stuff. So, Oh, cool. Right on. Yeah, so uh, hopefully I can convince her. She likes going to that club a lot. Uh, so hopefully we'll come out and, and check you out uh, one day next week. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, John. All right. Yeah, thank you, PF. Right. We'll uh, see you in a little bit. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. on PF's tape recorder. You can catch John Doerr live in Cincinnati February 16th through the 19th at Go Bananas. And of course, as always, we will have all the relevant links on the Podbean page, pfradio.podbean.com, uh, for John's website where you can find more dates and find out where he's playing in your neck of the woods, as well as to the John Doerr TV show, and uh, also to that hilarious bit that, the, uh, that John did with Rory Scoville on the Conan O'Brien show. 
PFT Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. Music composed by John Veropoulos with a little help from me. Performed by The Same, produced by Doug O'Connor. Uh, kind of a pun there, actually. And uh, you can also like the show on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Uh, oh, very important. I have a, a, a plug for myself here. Uh, you can listen to me talk about defunct football leagues on Jackie Cation's The Dork Forest, episode 100. And it's shockingly getting some uh, uh, good reviews. I, I, I thought I sounded like a big dope, but uh, you can see for yourself. Uh, look up The Dork Forest. You can just Google that. Of course, we'll have links to it on the Podbean page. Uh, other than that, so long and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.